Get fired up for another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. With filthy mouths and bad attitudes. Featuring Chris. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Also featuring Parker. Yes, there's no two ways about it. He's super white. And our special guest, Alex. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. Entire production supervised by Bigfoot. Now, let's join the boys for their latest episode. Ladies and germs, we watched Pray for Death, yet another ninja movie. Thank you, Parker. I like this one. Speaking on behalf of Alex here, thank you, Parker. I like this one. <laughs> a movie that is, uh, I gave it four stars. You gave it two and a half. Both are accurate. Yeah, it's those are the same rating. <laughs> you can you can tell this movie is authentic based on the sheer volume of sexual assault in it. <laughs> and right. by the fire original opening theme song. Oh, dude. Oh, hell yeah, dude. We hear that shit four times. You that's going it. on the old workout playlist. A movie very squirrely in the hell yeah, dude canon. Exactly. Uh, but before we get into it, Parker, do we have any news? I'm having a lot of fun because there's no movie news anymore because movies don't <laughs> exist now. Right. Which means I have to look elsewhere, which means we get to talk about the Packers bar for about 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and the look of horror on everyone's face as it cut from them cheering Rogers' injury because they're like, oh, fuck yeah, dude, we get free beer <laughs> the Jets lose to the looks of horror. That one guy in the back just, just staring down at his phone that he just got a text like, hey, we got to take her off life support. Like, <laughs> they look shook. Because you know those Wisconsinites ran up horrendous bar tabs. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's I, It just really warmed my heart in a way I wasn't expecting. Yeah. I think more places should run that promo. I would drink so much if there was a 50% chance it was free when I was done. You know, like I was gonna... You gotta bet on your team and yourself. I was gonna make fun of Mac, because Mac said, uh, I was like, oh, I hate Jets fans, they're so insufferable, and I want to be like, dude, those are those are Packers fans. That's why they wanted Rodgers to get injured, Vito, because fuck that guy. But the preview image for that picture showed a guy in a Raiders hat, so what the fuck do I know? <laughs> it's awesome because it's a Packers bar, and there was just one giant Jets flag in the middle of all the Packers flags. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking rule, dude. Uh, so yeah, shout out to all them. Shout out to everyone, like, sobering up immediately. <laughs> doing that math and be like, no. Oh, no, no. And hit the old dusty trail. <laughs> the one guy in the background crushing two beer cans at once like he's stone cold, just trying to wring every last drop out of it now that he has to pay for it. <laughs> Absolute poetry. Oh, they do it uh, different up there. Right. When we and take the show course, on the road, this is the first place we're going. Oh, 100%. Oh, yeah, first exactly. and last. <laughs> and then um, the other thing that's been living in my mind uh, nonstop for a couple days now that orangutan just eating that pasta <laughs> <pie crunch. laughs> I, don't, well, I don't understand how or why but it's so fucking oh, Barker I, I want you to stay woke for me uh, I don't know that the orangutan yeeted that thing off the we never see the orangutan's arm go in motion what if there was a zookeeper up there who fired the possum out of like a t-shirt cannon <laughs> what if there was a second shooter <laughs> 
the arc and the velocity just don't make sense. I'm sorry. Can I only watch the flexion? I've watched the video like a couple times, being like, where is the orangutan sign? I want to see it. But then the orangutan went to like the side of that like water tower, went like this to see where it went. It's like an Ocean's Eleven heist. He went out of the camera's range. I, I really appreciated that video because like 99% of the time, like, you know, anything bad happens to an animal, it puts me in a bad mood. I see roadkill, I get sad. Like, I'm just an incredible uh, yeah. softy about that shit. Yeah. But the other 1% is shit like that. And I just can't <laughs> stop fucking laughing. Like, yeah, man, it sucks that that possum died. But holy shit, look at that throw, dude. The Jets should sign that guy. <laughs> I'm very much the same way, Ledge. Like, any kind of dead animal upsets me greatly. But that thing getting yeeted like a fucking Smash Brothers <laughs> KO absolutely <laughs> killed me. I, I gotta it say, touched the kill like, point. <laughs> there might be a lot of problems with our whole Discord setup, but having a dedicated police chase channel and a dedicated monkey videos channel, like, we're working on another level there. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody can compete with that. What yeah. did that possum do to make him so bad? <laughs> he invaded his territory. <laughs> Look, I can't honestly say I wouldn't do the same. I can't honestly say I wouldn't do the same thing if I found a possum in my room right now. He stood his ground. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Is like, did we know that he threw him, or did he like, you know, raise his hand, waits for the whistle, and then do like a kickoff? <laughs> it's really missing a Tom and Jerry screen as he goes. Yeah. <laughs> I was because I was thinking of like a, a Smash Brothers like KO sound or something, but you're right. The, the, the Tom and Jerry scream is so much better. <laughs> ah! <laughs> Windmilling it around a couple times before he throws a full force. The uh. fact that within ten minutes of me posting that video, we had a fucking gif of the possum hitting the twin towers. Like, <laughs> this is why I love the internet. Happy anniversary. Was that on 9-11? I think it was. It sure was, yeah. buddy. It's a very normal 9-11 for everyone in the tri-state area. Yeah. <laughs> oh. And then, I don't know, there's probably a bunch of shit getting announced. It's never going to get made. Doesn't matter. Movies yeah, don't exist. It's fine. Nothing yeah. good's coming out till March. Don't worry about it. Alright, I guess we can move on to uh, Jerks of the Week. Oh, fuck. I can't believe you've done this. But first, a collective Hero of the Week. Uh, God, you guys no one died, right? Jesus Christ, please. No, 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 no. This is Hero of the Week. Okay. 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 So, uh, I got a lot of friends and uh, family up in Pennsylvania, and they've all been talking about this, uh, I think his name is Danilo Cavalcante. A little five-foot-tall criminal who, who escaped from jail, and the manhunt was on for like three days. And uh, they caught this guy, and uh, they gave explicit credit to the canine unit who captured this guy, sniffed him out under like a pile of logs. The name of the dog was Yoda. <laughs> now we're cooking. Yeah. Woof woof. I found him. <laughs> found him, I did. Consulted with the force I have. Where is the breathalyzer on the dog? <laughs> All the voodoo ranger he could drink. <laughs> Every time I see a screenshot of Ahsoka, I'm like, man, I'm really happy I'm out. <laughs> what is uh, this? I thought, it, I thought it was supposed to be good. Everyone's saying it was like... Every screenshot I see is just a fucking CGI DH hated Christians and or someone from a cartoon I didn't watch. I think my favorite part about good. it is like, people were like, finally, a female lead in a Star Wars movie. I was like... <laughs> you had like three of those. <laughs> Uh, no, but those are feminized cut. Oh right, yeah. That's uh, that's what we call a uh, a bear trap that we don't step in. 
Yeah. Yeah, but it's like, what about the sequel trilogy? Oh, you mean that you're like, fuck, <laughs> this is 45 minutes of my life <laughs> gone now. Yeah. God damn it. Sorry, Marshall. Anyway, uh, my jerk of the week. <laughs> Love you, buddy. Yeah, he's a good guy. He's a good guy. Uh, my jerk of the week is Josh's younger brother, uh, Jared, who I guess the whole family's just like this. He posted on Twitter that he should get money for being a Jets fan. That's not a technique. You can't just do that. It's a life hack if somebody sends you money, though, dude. I, I guess. Oh, yeah, pain and suffering. We won the down. game. I just really don't think I should be alone right now, you know? <laughs> Who are your jerks of the week? Uh, mine is anyone that's invested in this fucking fake-ass Rotten Tomatoes scandal. What? Because anyone who knows about it, like, is aware that it's happening should be smart enough to not care about Rotten Tomatoes scores in the first place. So it's just a bunch of people saying, see, I told you they were paying for reviews, but both sides are just different comic book fans arguing with each other, and it makes me want to kill oh, myself. Oh, it's all comic book shit. I think I, I, yeah, saw, like a, with that. I saw like a glimpse of this online, and I was like, oh, I don't care. I don't even look at the scores anyway. It's like, if you, if you know this is happening, you know like, oh yeah, these numbers aren't real. Who cares? Right, yeah. I mean, three out of fives get, like, uh, a fresh score. See, the audience score on my this DC movie is better than the audience score in this Marvel movie. Hey, man, that's cool. I got rent to pay. I don't have yeah. time for this. Leave me I alone. just want a grill. <laughs> Hell yeah, brother. Unironically. Yeah. Uh, so I have a hero a week this week. So uh, last night I went down the street to the local drinking establishment because they do half-price pizza on Monday and Tuesdays. And I mean, like, who am I mm. to say no to that sort of deal? Uh I always love a good dive bar because of the random dudes you meet there. And the dude next to me was an all-timer. Because this man, it was a, I don't know, he was probably pushing 60, is sitting there with his phone pressed between the bar taps and a salt shaker watching a Jim Brewer special without headphones. Oh my god! And I... <laughs> I love this man. I didn't talk to him because I didn't want to interrupt him. Right, no, I'm you don't. I've been thinking about him for a long time. <laughs> that is... <laughs> I can't wait to be old, you guys. I, it, was, it was great because, like, you know, I showed up to the bar at 11 p.m. with my AirPods in because of fucking course I did. Like, if those are coming out, it's going to be an executive choice. And, uh... Over my max volume AirPods, I could hear Jim Brewer's guffaw. I was like, come on, man. Did, what are you doing? Did he do Goat Boy? I don't know, because that's the only thing I could hear. I like the idea of this guy getting kicked out of the bar from Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> <laughs> They're all just gathered around the piano just doing Goat Boy. <laughs> or that, I guess. Yeah, they're listening to Metallica. Oh, do your James Hetfield impression. Man, that's awesome. It's 2023. That's so cool, Jim. I know. I also hate woke people. Tell me more about a band you listened to 45 years ago. God, I can't wait to be old. Who's going to tell an old man to turn down his phone at the bar? Clearly something's gone wrong. Yeah. One of the nice things about living across the street from a mall is that to get anywhere in there, I just have to, like, walk through the, the JCPenney. And seeing all of the fucking summer Hawaiian shirts on clearance made me start going, man. Mm-hmm. But actually, it's though. The circle right? is closing in. Oh, there's one yeah. with little pink flamingos all over it. Like, mm-hmm. it's a $15. Mm-hmm. Then you see the price cut in half and you feel the material. You're like, you know, it's, it's pretty breezy. It's, yeah. 
It's going to be hot for another month and a half. Like, exactly. That's true. I mean, yeah. this is an investment with global warming and all, yeah. you know? I have a clothier that I go to longer. for my Hawaiian shirts. Like, we're getting that sweet, sweet rain right now, but next week it's already going to be back up in the mid-90s. Like, summer ain't going away. What if I got another Hawaiian shirt? <laughs> I, I'm at the point where I do feel like I don't have enough, and I have more than half a dozen. I, I oh, haven't gone it. full Hawaiian yet. However, I am wearing a lot of very comfortable t-shirts from like shore-facing restaurants that don't exist. So, oh, you nice. know, I, it's we're at we're at like the midway point. I got a nice light blue one. I got a, a lime green. I got a uh, an orange one. Like, we're we're chilling. My bartender, comfy. my bartender wears the uh, the Orioles Hawaiian shirt that we saw at the game. Hell yeah, brother! Yeah, she fucking love that thing. Yeah, Chris, you forgot your other jerk of the week because you can't wear your Hawaiian shirt to the wedding. Yeah, that sucks, dude. Okay, so I get named best man. There's no better man than me, and they're like, "Oh, you get fitted for a tux." I'm like, "Well, I have another thing we've been planning on." They're like, "No, come on, we got you a bow tie and everything." I'm like, well, this one. Yeah, I can yeah. wear the bow tie with the Hawaiian shirt. That's fine. I mean, the idea here is that I rip it off during the best man speech. So <laughs> I'm not taking the shirt off. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I'll just put it on over it, you know. <laughs> when no one's looking, when they're up there, they're like, oh, I love you so much. I just, okay, slip it to the back like a superhero. Yo, your groomsmen look fucking relaxed, dude. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's looking chill as hell. He's <laughs> going up to the, the, the poor bartender at a wedding and asking for some Fruity Island drink. <laughs> oh, you better believe it. <laughs> yeah, can I get a sex on the beach? Hey, we have Michelob and we have Yingling. <laughs> Come they on. Have, they will have Yingling. This is in Pennsylvania, so. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's cheaper than water there. All right. Ask your dad if love Bud Light and go and ruin the wedding for everyone. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Moving on to what we watched this week. Um, I, I didn't watch a lot. I, I just didn't really feel like it, I guess. I've been kind of depressed recently, and uh, maybe maybe that's why I, I didn't watch. Why. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you know the what? This doesn't help with that. That's, that's the thing. It's like I I watch zero movies from the list, so I think I've been going through withdrawal. Uh, I'll feel better <laughs> oh, if I just not watch a movie. I love movies. Yeah. Let me see what we got coming up here. Oh. Yeah. This is called well, Altered from 2006. No, I didn't watch that. No, I didn't watch that. So uh, I watched one thing that isn't worth talking about because it's boring. But. But then I went uh, to the Alamo with uh, Lady Alex to watch a movie that she's never seen. Actually, this is kind of funny. Like, a friend told her, oh, you need to see this on the big screen. It's so good. And she's like, oh, okay. And on, as we're driving over there, she texts a guy like, hey, I'm going to go see it on the big screen. And the, the guy's like, oh, I forgot about that movie. So, <laughs> fantastic. But uh, this is one I had Dude's seen before. And, is that us? Yeah. This is, this is a movie I had seen before. And I thought to myself, eh, I don't know. This kind of feels like a dud. But let me tell you something. Watching it in the theater, I fucking loved Tenet. And this is one that surprised me because I thought, oh, surely this is Christopher Nolan's first dud. And uh, yeah, I know, Dark Knight Rises. But like, this one's so much more fun in the theater. Maybe it, I, I gotta give some fairness. Maybe it's because it's my second time watching and it's okay to call Tenet like kind of confusing. A lot of people got confused by it. If you're kind of confused by the story, you're not a big dumb idiot or anything. You know, just... The movie does do a pretty good job, I would argue, explaining things, you know, but the dialogue is hard to hear at times, and it's a it's a complex idea for the movie. You know, time travel, but it's not instantaneous. They just move at the same rate that people go forwards. 
that leads to some of my favorite scenes. I love the uh, the effects because these aren't visual effects. These are all done in camera, and that's really cool to me. Uh, I, I really like the characters, too. I like the interplay between Robert Pattinson and John David Washington, who Alex said has the blackest name she's ever heard. Uh, I like the. Uh, <laughs> She'll appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. I like the. Uh, I like the actress uh, who is six foot three and is wearing three inch heels for the entire movie. I'm like hell yeah, just take advantage of that. Make her look like an alien. It's awesome. I, I, I should watch Tenet, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, Park, you've never seen Tenet? <laughs> no, I've never gotten around to it. See, I, every time I think about watching it, it's not on any of my streaming services. I'm like, oh, I'm not gonna pay for this. It'll be on HBO eventually. Yeah, see, I remember Alex's take, which is like, you know, you should probably chop 30 minutes off of this and it'll be a lot better. And as I was watching it the second time, I was like, wait, I like this a lot more the way that it is. There's nothing that I would want to cut. Oh. Because it got to like the, the the paragliding scene where they're in the water and shit. I'm like, that's, uh-huh. yeah, I was like, man. Is paragliding? There, that really shouldn't I be in there. Paragliding. Yeah. This movie sounds good. Yeah, that scene is kind of worthless. You should probably cut that. You know, also we were watching at the Alamon. Some of those seats are not comfortable. The old took us after a while, but uh, overall the movie actually works really well. And I, it's it's cool. It's just cool. It's like watching Inception in the Dark Knight for the first time in the theater. When you see it, you're just like, wait, this is awesome. This is what movies are supposed to be. I'm interested in the subject matter. I'm I really like the dialogue. I love the suits, man. I have gotta go get one of those suits. Save up for like fifteen thousand dollars, wherever they spent on it, or. Get a fifteen dollar Hawaiian shirt from uh, Alex's J.C. Penney. Oh yeah, start, dude. you should ask your brother before you buy that. Yeah, buddy, <laughs> buddy, what size are you? I got you covered. Uh, I I was gonna size up for Hawaiian shirts, so we're gonna get an extra large on this one. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> to a tailor. <laughs> Go to get, get it just a little bit to the end. Get my measurements. <laughs> <laughs> uh, more of a winter than a summer, sir. Over here to our winter wide shirt selection. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, three quarter length sleeve with a giant flamingo on it and a palm tree. <laughs> yeah, well, this one has the cards. Okay, so uh, I happen to really like the music for Tenet as well. I think it's one of the better soundtracks, which is weird because a lot of people said that, oh, that's the reason the dialogue is so hard to hear, because he went from Hans Zimmer to a person whose name I can't pronounce. But this person whose name I can't pronounce made a really good soundtrack. So it's worth listening to. About the audio issues, Christopher Nolan has come out and said that, oh, this is uh, the way it's supposed to be. I mix these uh, intentionally. And for much of the movie, I understand where he's coming from. Because there are certain moments where you're not supposed to understand what they're saying. Like, there are scenes where people are wearing gas masks. You don't need to know what they're saying in that scene. They just go, and you know, like, where he's pointing, it means go over there. There is a very well-known scene in which uh, <laughs> Kenneth Branagh is holding a gun to uh, that actress's back and, like, John David Washington is trying to, like, uh, get him to stop. But Kenneth Branagh is going backwards in time, so you're not supposed to be able to understand him. And then the movie very helpfully plays that scene from his perspective, and then you know what he's saying. So it's fine. That being said, I can't let him off the hook for the entire movie because there are a lot of scenes where you are supposed to know what they're saying and it is impossible to understand. And that one's on Christopher Nolan. So maybe I should watch this with uh, with closed captions. I don't know. I'm thinking about it. But uh, I had a really good time with this. So I think this is one that if you watch it repeatedly, it will grow on you like a fungus. Uh, Chris, was that lady there? I have to know how that lady felt about Tenet. No, she was not there. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> no. 
And uh, anyway, like I said, I was feeling like kind of crappy. I don't know. I was like, what should I do? I'll put on like one of those movies that uh, makes you feel real good. I was like, I'll watch uh, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. Sam Raimi was the guy who did Evil Dead. I like those movies. So I put on Spider-Man from 2002. Hey, it's pretty good. Uh, those visual effects, which everyone likes so much in 2002. Yeah, I guess they don't really hold up. But, uh, you know, who cares? Uh, Buddy, uh, I'll stop you right there because I don't think you've watched a comic book movie outside of Guardians in the last like three years. They absolutely hold up. Yeah, <laughs> these movies look oh, like yeah. dog shit now, dude. Yeah, well, some of them clearly don't. Again, I just watched it, so. Well, well I watched right. The Flash this week, so we can have that conversation. Okay, well, hell we'll yeah, let's that. go, we'll buddy. Let's uh, go. Holy shit, dude! Well, before one we get of them to came that, came out in 2002, and one came out <laughs> three months ago. Well, it's a coin flip, my man. Yeah. Well, I will say uh, that I didn't really look at it as like, oh, that's clearly fake. I because this came out in 2002, and putting myself in 2002, it's a holy shit. This is brilliant sort of thing, especially because I've watched so many horror movies from 2002. They look fucking awful compared to this. And uh, additionally, even when they look like obviously fake, you're like, well, they're doing this on a slightly uh, kind of a budget here for some of these, and other parts, it adds the speed that actors couldn't possibly pull off. Tobey Maguire is very good at looking constantly befuddled, and uh, perhaps nothing else, but he does the job, I suppose. Uh, obviously, the real draw the real draw of these movies is uh, J.K. Simmons as J. Jonah Jameson. We've talked about this before, but if, if it's anyone else in that role, you just cut those scenes because they're not important to the movie. But because it's him, he's the best part of the movie, and he's the reason that you rewatch them. Speaking of rewatching, uh, I came to a realization. I never actually saw Spider-Man 2. So I put it on and, uh, hey, guess what? It's pretty good. Uh, I like it a lot. I, I love J.K. Simmons a whole lot. I, uh, I, it's, uh, it is a better story, I guess, than the first one. Better action. Uh, I guess better all around. And uh, I had a really good time. So it's fun. I, I don't love Spider-Man. I just think uh, it's well done. I will say that this is what Spider-Man does better than any other Marvel movie that I know of. And that is the portrayal of a hero. And I've talked about this before on the show, where my definition of hero is someone who saves someone else. And in a lot of these superhero movies, they're not really saving a lot of citizens. Like, yeah, oh, we saved the whole universe or the world or whatever. But you never actually see those citizens. It's mostly just two big people having a big old fight. This isn't that. This is Spider-Man constantly saving people. And I really like that. It really makes him feel like he is part of this community. That being said, the community is New York. So you really saving anything of value here? Uh, and that's one of my things about in the first movie. It was like, oh, you mess with New York, you mess with all of us. Like, look, they would have been pelting the Green Goblin with garbage, to be sure, but they also would have been pelting Spider Man with garbage. So, oh yeah, yeah. no one's getting out unscathed. Yeah. Uh, also, Spider Man also... Two is clearly the best because that's the one where uh, he has to be paid in advance. <laughs> <laughs> the greatest laugh in all of cinema. <laughs> I should get that on the soundboard. I really should get that on the soundboard. <laughs> Next time that one of us makes a joke that no one laughs at us, and I'll just write that. Please don't. <laughs> I, can I only actually take so like much. the dead air. <laughs> I don't know which one hurts more. That or the Tita slap from Final Fantasy X. Right, that I can live with. I'm yeah. that one on purpose. <laughs> uh, Parker, you uh, had something? It's gone. I forgot what it was. Sorry. <laughs> Just talking about how good Spider-Man 2 is for like the next hour. Yeah. Uh, James Franco is good too. I uh, I was surprised by how much I liked him in this. I think maybe it's just the character, but I like the idea of like he has a friend who 
he seems earnest in what he does. He doesn't, uh, yeah, he leads to uh, betrayal and that sucks for their relationship, but it's a good emphasis on like, uh, you know, who can you trust, who can you not? Uh, I like the, uh, the Mary Jane stuff, I suppose. Uh, I like Kirsten Dunst more and Drop Dead Gorgeous, but she's all right in this. Uh, one of the three good James Franco performances. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> Spider-Man right. 1 and 2, and then Spring Breakers. Right, yeah. Gotta, uh, gotta reevaluate James Franco after all of our experiences with Dave recently. With Dave <laughs> the superior Franco. I think we can all agree. <laughs> Wait, so you haven't seen Spider-Man 2. Does that mean you also haven't seen 3? I have not seen 3. Uh, next and... week's episode. <clears throat> oh, yeah, it's next week's episode, buddy. Uh, That's, there's a lot right. to talk about there. Like you walked right into that one. Okay. Uh, I, one more thing here. Uh, I think what I really appreciate about Spider-Man 1 is uh, there are a lot of really great decisions with the narrative. And like how everything leads uh, from one scene to the next and builds the story. Just a fine narrative. I don't know why I did that. It's so great in this movie, and it's so much better than it is in other Marvel movies. So I, I don't know. I'm just really appreciative. So I, Spider-Man, good. You absolutely hit the nail on the head with that, by the way, because that's a movie that I saw in theaters and have seen. I don't know, maybe twice since. Mm-hmm. And like, I could tell you everything that happens in that movie right now. And it's mm-hmm. not even a movie that I like especially love or anything. It's just it's so well done in the way that the story is told. And yeah, a lot of it's you know. The Spider-Man origin story, like any idiot could tell you that, but mm-hmm. I, it's just very, very well presented. Yeah, you know. Uh, also, favorite scene in Spider-Man Two. I don't know. I, I guess I kind of miss the takes of Spider-Man Two, but uh, I'll just be honest about them. The, the surgery fight scene is maybe my favorite part of that movie, besides all the J.K. nightmare. Yeah, because that's the most <laughs> so Evil weird. Dead part of the movie. That is like so clearly evil. That just like obviously the chainsaw being there. But the way that it's set up, like the audio and everything, that reminds me of uh, some scenes from Evil Dead 2 and uh, Army of Darkness. So that is vintage Raimi, and I love that shit. I'm sure Doctor Strange will be just as good. That's a conversation for another day. Yeah. Hopefully never. So Spider-Man yeah, you're 3... You're not getting me to watch that one. Spider-Man That's 3, that was the one shit. that uh, the geeks watched the trailer for it, right? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, <laughs> you think we could pay him to get that unprivated on YouTube? hundred <laughs> percent. He could be on like, the show. Spider-Man's everyone's favorite character because it's just some dude trying to juggle his personal life and, you know, being a hero. And that's what those Raimi movies do so well. Like, you compare the scene with him and Aunt May where she's just, like, insisting on giving him that last $20 that you know oh, yeah. she can't afford. Yeah. And it's, like, one of the most tear-jerking things you've ever seen. Then you compare to the Amazing Spider-Man, where he's like, "All right, well, I found the secret uh, train to car in the tunnel, and it's got the story <laughs> about my dad's secret blood experiments." And you're like, hey, "Man, I don't fucking kill myself." <laughs> you see, oh, I man. need Spider-Man's blood because it will stop my onset goblinitis disease. <laughs> that was a really fun cameo in the second movie too, when uh, Willem Dafoe comes back because his soul lives on in uh, James. As <laughs> it should. That's such a good idea. Just it's, to have the ghost of Willem Dafoe calling you a loser. It's it's like the devil gene in Tekken. You will think of Willem Dafoe screaming "Avenge me" for the rest of your life. Now. Oh, absolutely! You will never forget that. I, unironically, Willem Dafoe fantastic performance in the first movie people would be like oh it's campy 
fuck you. It's fantastic all the it's way. It's Spider-Man. <laughs> I, want, I like the fact that he pounces up on the counter and crouches down and hisses at the guy before he kills him. <laughs> That's cinema to me, actually. And one of my favorite scenes is where he, he has just gassed and knocked out uh, Spider-Man to bring him up to a rooftop to tell him his evil plan. And be like, you and I can work together. And... Uh, <laughs> Spider-Man's just kind of sitting there days like this. Which, by the way, uh, back of Jerk of the Week is my chair. Which is, this is his natural position now. I gotta get a new one. And, uh... Willem Dafoe wa- walks up uh, next to him and kind of, like, slaps him on the back of the head like, Ah, you and me. That's old, folks, you know. <laughs> 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 he's like a Hank Kill trying to sell you a grill. It's <laughs> so good. Also, he's such owns. a fucking asshole to his son. Every single time, it's like, wow, I can't believe you finally graduated from public school. Then he goes up to Peter and says... Never forget who you are. <laughs> also, the older I get, the more I love that dog shit goblin costume. Dude, it's, it's really great. Good. I like the fact that I can see his mouth. That's great. I think that's a really good thing. I, should, should I rewatch all three of them this week? Dude, <laughs> it's got Ted Raimi. How was that a question? <laughs> who, by the way, the funniest fucking time in walking in before the boss even says his name. <laughs> oh, it's genius. What are you looking for? A race? Get out of here. <laughs> Shut up. Get out. <laughs> the number of times I have said that. <laughs> yeah, I can't really watch these now. I feel like that happens every time I talk about Spider Man. It's like, I, can watch, I got two hours. I can watch Spider Man 2 again. Like, why mm-hmm. the fuck not? Yeah. Well, uh, I've heard three, stories however. about. Oh. I've heard so much about three, so. It's Alex, would you love? Yeah, yeah, you'll love it. Yeah. Hey, uh, Chris, if you're in the chair market, uh, hit me up after the show because uh, my wife's work is getting rid of all their chairs and getting new ones. I don't know how many they're gonna let me steal, but they're actually gonna let me steal them. So, uh, chairs yeah, we'll, and we'll be in shirts. This fucking guy. Dude, this is a great week for Chris. That's God, you know that's everything. the thing. I go to your place. I pick up the chair. We hit up J.C. Penny. <laughs> we have yeah, the nights. <laughs> A good we day. can push each other around the parking lot. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> dude, I, that was one of the things we also tried to steal the chairs from the office, and they wouldn't let us. <laughs> I mean, why wouldn't you? You're stealing Every... everything else that's not nailed down. <laughs> not yeah, that they're gonna have these way. eight monitors. Yeah, who's they? Uh, this phone number doesn't work anymore. <laughs> uh, so I've only got one thing that I actually want to talk about this week, and. Normally, when I look at one of you guys and be like, hey, this is in your immediate future, it's Parker, because we like the exact same brand of trash. But once again, everything's coming up Chris, because Chris, this this is probably something you should push to the front of your queue, because I know you specifically will absolutely love this. Right. Um, so there is a new uh, three-hour documentary that came out on HBO Max called Telemarketers. Okay. Uh, have either of you heard anything about this? No, I haven't. No. Because every time I open Max, it's just a bunch of Discovery Show reality shows. It's, it's brutal. Okay, so basically the setup for this is there's these two guys that worked for, like, this scam telemarketer company, like, 20 years ago. And, like, the one guy kind of knew things were fucked up, so he took, like, all of this archival footage of what was going on. The other guy, who I will get to in a second, is uh, is, like, one of the guys that was, like, the absolute best telemarketers that was there at the time. So you guys remember how, like, when people talk about Blair Witch and, like, how it came out when it did, that there was this, you know, factor of people going to see it and not knowing for sure whether it was real or not because 
uh, you know, they didn't have the internet yet. Yeah. People came out of that movie thinking, oh, what if that was real? I kind of had the opposite reaction to watching the first hour of this. Because it's set up just like every true crime documentary you've ever seen. But it's about this stupid telemarketing company. And it's got all of this archival footage that looks fake. And I'm sitting there, like... There, there's very much an element of comedy throughout this, despite the fact that it does end up having, like, you know, a serious documentary message. And I'm watching this, like... I'm not sure where this is going. I'm not sure if this is, like an actual documentary or if it's making fun of documentaries like there's almost this weird like nathan for you energy to everything that's going on it and it's really fascinating and it sucks you in like immediately and then it evolves like because this is something that's been like a 20-year project for these guys um it evolves into them like actually being like yeah no fuck it let's go after these guys they're actually like scamming people and it turns into this like unbelievable piece of like super authentic citizen journalism where it's just these two guys one of whom has a cousin that works on films and that's kind of what gets them the funding and the cameras and stuff to like really put it all together into this project just going after this this telemarketing scam that's been going on in cooperation with like the fraternal order of police for all these years and it's like a fascinating study along the way it's a really really unique documentary that you'll really appreciate in that regard. But more importantly, the other guy that's doing this is a guy named Pat Pespis, who is an all-time <laughs> guy. Uh, to put it in perspective, when they're doing all the setup for how these telemarketing companies came to be like in the, the late 90s, all the stuff is like talking about the party atmosphere at these places, which is part of what contributes to it seeming so fake. Uh, because you're just seeing, like, dudes goofing off at this job. You're like, well, this clearly isn't real. This is just, you know, a bunch of actors and, like, a, you know, old grainy camera, like, filter put on it. But you've got this guy, Pat Pespis, who's the best telemarketer they have, but only when he's high as shit on heroin. And we follow this guy throughout the movie. He's this, like, rather rotund man from New Jersey with a thick accent just like I, I I can tell you so many anecdotes of this guy from this movie because he's so important to the heart of this uh, like for instance uh, in the third episode they they get an interview with one of like the heads of one of the state fraternal order of police chapters finally after getting stonewalled to everybody else and they're about to go fly down to meet him and Pat won't get on the plane because he's never been on a plane before he's like I can't do it I can't do it we gotta drive so they get in the car and they're driving down and we get a little brief interlude where they're driving through Florida and they stop because look, look, there's one over there. There's one over there. And they get out of the car and he just starts throwing marshmallows to alligators. And it's like, <laughs> you're the coolest person I've ever fucking seen. Like he's unbelievable. And like these two guys that are making it, like obviously he's, you know, like like him, him and this other guy, you know, they, they kind of came from this background of, you know, drug abuse and, things and they just started putting this project together because like they realized something was fucked up in the world and it makes it so much more authentic than any other documentary about anything you're gonna see because like this is just these two guys that are pissed off about this thing that they experienced and they want somebody to know about it and be held accountable and honestly chris like 
I can't wait to talk to you about this because I know for a fact you're going to love this. I've never been more sure that you're going to love something. This is so up your alley. It's unreal. This sounds like something I would enjoy. So it has been added to the watch list. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm not going to say anything more about it right now. It's, it's about three hours. It's three episodes long. The pacing is, I mean, there's you probably could have lost 20 minutes from this, but also you also kind of don't want to leave these guys because they're so fucking fascinating. Um, there's an unbelievable cliffhanger at the end of the second episode for seemingly no reason. I, I, I don't know if this aired week by week or not, but, um, you'll see, you'll see. I look forward to talking to you, with you about this soon. Uh, Parker, I think you would also really enjoy this, but I know that Chris is such a documentary guy that he, he, he's going to have a lot to say about it. You know who else is a documentary guy is my lovely partner who was as oh, soon as I explain right. this to her and say no this guy does a ton of heroin and he's a telemarketer <laughs> should be like yeah gonna throw that on why not he's like it's, the Stephen King of telemarketers just make sure that you have the full three hours when you start watching it because you're not gonna stop like I got so sucked into this I got we had to do on Friday. We had to stop halfway through, and the next night, like, she got off work, and I was just like, hey, we're going to finish watching that right now, right? And she's like, I thought about watching this other No, we're going to watch this right now. Like, I need to see how this ends. Uh, It's... I'm not sure that it's my favorite thing I've seen this year, but I think it's going to be the thing that I think about the most that I saw this year. And that really said something, because, like, as we just went over a couple weeks ago, it's been a lot of good shit this year. Uh, and I think that's really all I want to talk about right now. So I'll go ahead and hand it off to Parker. Well, let me just transition to another um, HBO Max documentary. So uh, I mentioned uh, previous weeks how uh, the Netflix Untold really let me down with their whole uh, four-part thing about Florida and just not getting into any of the detail. Well, Max has a documentary about Bishop Sycamore High. Yes. <laughs> and not only that, but the coach slash founder is prominently interviewed the entire time. And that man regrets none of it and will do it again. So right right there, <laughs> the, you should be sold. Like, it's yes. going to be a good watch. Uh, like It has like a cold open where, you know, sometimes they'll do the thing where like it's the guy sitting down and they're talking with the crew before they get started. The dude sits down, the coach... Roy Johnson or whatever his name is looks at the guy behind the cameras and goes hey uh, do I look like a con artist like kind of half joking <laughs> and they don't answer him and then he repeats it and they're like nah man you look good he's like but I asked you a specific question and then they just keep <laughs> dodging it so like from minute one you know like everyone involved thinks this guy's a fucking scammer and he knows they all think he's a scammer and also he kind of doesn't seem to care Um, we get the whole backstory to how this fraudulent horse shit happened but what the real meat of it that I enjoy is like once the team is together and they're out playing games like he's on camera making fun of these kids for taking play straight off of Madden but he's the coach and they, he didn't have a playbook he did ass just he's, at one point he goes one of these stupid kids I mean uh, one of these kids uh, they suggested it's like he's just openly dogging these 19 well they're supposed to be high schoolers. Uh, we well, find out a couple of them were currently enrolled in a junior college at the same time they were playing these games. Hell right, yeah. yeah. That, I think that was in the news when uh, this was all going on. Uh, we get interviewed some cameramen who worked for Bishop Sycamore, like helped with their recruitment videos. 
Um, they both said that in the six months they worked for them, they made a combined sixty dollars for gas. And then it cuts back to where he's like, "Yeah, but you know, this all goes beyond business. No, those guys are my friends. We've been in it together." And it just cuts back to them and they start laughing. And then that's the end of that. <laughs> Um, boy, we start getting into all the fraud and the cons, and some of them are honestly genius. Like, some of them are not funny, but uh, calling up a grocery store first thing in the morning and saying, hey, man, I need 25 rotisserie chickens, because, you know, they they promise to feed the kids, and they just wait all day, and then he goes at the end of the night when they're all marked down to $2 each. That, that's a that's a baller <laughs> move. I appreciate that. That's really smart. Is Was Josh listed as a director on this? <laughs> he should have been. <laughs> He would have helped, because, man, uh, some of the things they were eating, just, they literally said, like, yeah, these are a bunch of leftovers. We just put them in a giant soup. It's, like, sick. <laughs> what? I love that. <laughs> it's fucking vile, dude. Um, it's, uh, like, we all know the whole story is, like, they're a fake high school, and they got exposed on that ESPN Hall of Fame game where they got absolutely dog-walked by a... I mean, it was like the best team in the area. Hey, I mean, he, the coach even flat out says, like, look, say what you want, but the reason we got called is because no one else wanted to play them. Uh, the thing that's uh, underreported is that they were getting walked by everybody. Oh, that <laughs> like is true. Like, these literal, like, 20-year-olds were just getting shitted on by high schoolers <laughs> in Ohio. Really good high schoolers. Oh, by the way, um, the coach scheduled them to play a game two days before that Hall of Fame game on ESPN. Because he wanted them to get more reps in. Oh, fucking real. Um, If you're wondering how things are going to the facility, um, the players were sharing helmets, which is (laughs) very good for player safety. Um, Someone asked Roy if that's dangerous, and he smugly replies, football's dangerous. So he's pretty cool. You know, he's not wrong, though. Yeah. Uh, It stops being funnier on this point when we see just like sideline footage of a player tearing their ACL and um, there's no medical trainer on staff, so the quarterback's mom just like has to run over and try and help him off the field. That was, that was pretty cool for this high yeah. schooler. Um, they're down 37 at halftime at the Hall of Fame game, and they're telling one of the players is telling the coach, "Man, hey man, I I heard my leg pop, like it's gone. Down 37, nothing, and they're just sitting back out there. You know, you got you got to look good on tape for <laughs> those colleges that are definitely calling." Um. And then this is my favorite part of the documentary is, like I said, it's 37 nothing. They're being broadcast on national television. And then they check their phones, as one does. And all of them just open their phones. They just they have hundreds of tweets and DMs saying, how fucking stupid are you, dude? It's not even a real school. How are you losing these high schoolers when y'all are 20? It's not a real school. And they're all looking at each other like, why are there hundreds of people telling us this isn't a real school? <laughs> It's like just the screenshots of all the clown emojis these poor people are getting on what is currently like the worst day of their lives. Um, We find out he's using counterfeit checks to pay for the hotels, especially the one at the Hall of Fame game, which is pretty good. Yes. Yeah, can I help you? Yeah, uh, question. They should have known that it was a fake school because there was literally no school building. See, that was their thing. It's... They even say, like, look, man, like, we're 16. If someone tells you, hey, you don't have to go to class, it's all taken care of, you're not going to be like, uh, sir, oh, actually, I need to... It's like, no, hey, man, you're taken care of. You just worry about football. We'll fix your GPA. Okay. And then, like, a month goes by and you're still not in class, like, I ain't going to fucking say anything. I'm worried about football right now. Maybe it'll be, like, after. Because, you know, you play for a couple months. Maybe it's after football, then we fix our GPAs. Because oh, that was the yeah. things they promised. They promised to, you know, 
uh, fix up their GPAs, you know, get them, because a lot of them just weren't eligible for schools because they were so low. You know, get some reps in, get some practice, get some tape out there, and then... Well, it's just like a year stolen of their lives. Uh, oh, yeah. That's like the entire crux of the end of it is all these players talking about how it uh, kind of ruined their lives. Um, a wild one. Um, well, a less wild one is uh, he was just set straight up like checking into these hotels for the team under different students' names, which is insane. Um, he had them. T- he took out PPP loans in the students' names. Uh, we get an interview with one of them, like, "Hey, did you take out a loan for this and this?" The guy's like, "No." And they're like, "Well, according to the government, you did." And you just see like it, it wash over his face of like, "Huh? Oh my, nineteen? What the fuck do I do with this? I didn't borrow twenty thousand dollars. What do you mean there's twenty thousand taken under my name?" So that's fun. Oh, uh, we learned that like on their first day. They had them all fill out things like their uh, names, addresses, and social security numbers. So if you're wondering how they got all those loans, it's right there for you. Um, we, as we get near the end, we find out uh, this man has literally no regrets whatsoever. Like, these kids are... Like, there's one kid who's just outwardly sobbing. And, like, between sobbing hiccups says he's never cried in his life. And, like, how like it's ruined their lives. And then it just kind of seems like... You came to me because you didn't have a college to go to anyways. What do you mean, I ruined your life? Which is whoa, cer- certainly one way to interpret what happened. Um, the QB of this, that was playing there, um, he was like all on board to get recruited and signed to Grambling State. And then they sent him a text like, Hey man, we can't. that school doesn't exist. Like It's not real. We can't transfer you. So that was fun. The one student to get a glimpse of hope outside of it and play again. Um, yeah, that was pretty exciting. And uh, I have to say, very exciting for this. The, one of the final things that it ends on is just this big, big thing about how high school football especially just expo- exploits all these student athletes. Everyone gets paid except them. They just grind their bodies away for nothing. And the entire time, they're just showing uh, stock footage of my high school stadium. <laughs> that was pretty sick to see. <laughs> also, they're squinting. It's like... Does that say Eagles? And I just see guys wearing Allen Eagle shirts. I'm like, oh fuck yeah, dude! That's, that's my school. I like the idea Kyle that Murray's like the home. camera like zooms in on a, a shadowy figure wearing a Dragon Ball Z hoodie underneath the bleachers, <laughs> <laughs> trying to make some extra money. Play this in attack mode. And uh, <laughs> one of the uh, final shots of the documentary is Roy Johnson getting big crazy bug eyes and saying oh they say i'm a con man huh but guess what you're here talking to me now so how am i a loser huh (laughs) sick uh moral of the story he's a thousand percent gonna do this again if given the opportunity and is absolutely using this to get like more eyes on him so he can do it again yeah really good guy the way you describe him to me this guy sounds like the biggest piece of shit in the world and i hope he does this again (laughs) it's why this documentary is so great to me because he's heavily involved like, he gets interviewed, talks through the whole process from founding the school he did before that to this one to the aftermath, and everyone else interviewed thinks he's a piece of shit. Oh, it, but we still yeah. get his side, and, like, they'll say something, there's kind of someone to be like, you know, that didn't happen. He didn't pay me for that. I don't know what the fuck he told you guys. It is very good. I'm vaguely reminded, and this is not at all a one-to-one comparison, but I'm vaguely reminded of, like, LeVar Ball when his sons got famous 
and he got invited on all the talk shows because he was turning himself into the story. And I'm just thinking about the stupid little like dance walk that he had when he went out to like, like <laughs> oh yeah. That's my idea of this coach who's just like, yeah, I did some terrible fucked up thing, and now I'm famous. Yes, the ends justified the means. Maybe they'll there let me like, do it again, and he will fucking dance on camera if they oh, put a televised event. There are multiple examples of him just looking at the camera, going, "Hmm, ain't no rule against that, is there?" And then just cutting to some guy who works for like the this athletic there commission there and be like, yeah it's like yeah no one thought to do that so they didn't bother making a rule for it like why why would someone do this like yeah there's no rule saying that you no. can't play twice in one week he's kind of like no a... one would ever try to play football twice in one week it's fucking stupid this is like, the... well... wait they made a movie out of this they called it air bud <laughs> <laughs> well uh not saying that juco college can't play it's like uh, yeah, but like it says right here, like once you hit the age of twenty, you're not allowed to play in this area. Like, yeah, but we're we're uh, chartered as a religious school, so those don't apply to us. It's like you're a piece of shit. I, I like, can't, find I can't every possible loophole to make twenty year olds play, and they still lose to sixteen year olds. So this is all. I think you basically said something along the lines of this is like a money scheme, right? Uh, did he actually oh, make yeah. any money off this? Well, before uh, before yeah, the, the investigation, whole bunch for all of the. Uh, Fraud. Yeah, they would say like they'd literally like show up at a new apartment for the team to stay at, and they get kicked out after three months because they would promise up front like, "Hey, I'm going to move my whole team in here." They're like, "Oh, cool, you'll get the first couple months free," and then that place never saw a penny. And then it's like, "All right, boys, pack up in the middle of the night. We're going to a new apartment, and then we're going to practice in the morning." So yeah, uh, paid no one nothing ever. Uh, got on TV. That's and, the uh, important thing. That's all that matters, baby. Yeah. The shots of him on the sideline just looking side to side like get that fucking camera off me, get that fucking camera off me <laughs> after <laughs> losing like 60 nothing. It's beautiful. Yeah. Uh what is uh Let's talk about the flash for a minute here. Let's just Let's go. Let's let's get into this. So um Okay, obviously we we have to talk about how it looks. Now, I'm not going to complain about all the speed ramping stuff, the going fast and all that. Like it I don't think it looks good, but I've also never seen it look good. I've seen a lot of cape shit in my life. I've never seen it look good, and I don't know how to make it look good, so I'm not going to harp on it. Like, yeah, the super slow motion, it, it just doesn't work for me. I don't like how rubber everything looks, but I don't I don't have a better solution. What I was not prepared for. Look, I, I, I'd seen the clips of, like, all the weird dead people cameos, and I just kind of wrote it off as that as, like, yeah, that technology always looks awful every time they feel the need to bring an actor back from the dead. Right. I didn't realize that was going to be every single face in those sequences was just me. <laughs> As she leaned in next to me and goes, why did they all look like the Polar Express? And let me tell you, that ruined the whole thing. <laughs> they look like Robert Zemeckis nightmares. Oh. Every face in the fucking... I think it's called the Speed Force. I don't know. I don't read Flash comics. I'm not going cool. But every time he, like, goes and fucks with the timeline, all of those faces are hideous nightmares. So let's talk about the real important thing, which is that there are two Ezra Millers, and I physically cannot. <laughs> and this is all separate from all of the... <clears throat> I think they're more than allegations at this point. Yeah. I, that's right. fine. I don't... I don't care. I... I watch wrestling. I can separate the right, art yeah. from the artist. I watch the fall. I watch the '90s Cowboys and '90s wrestling and listen to heavy metal. It's fine. I understand. Aaron Hernandez um, has still not been suspended by the league. 
Correct. That's true. Uh, the problem is um, the younger version, especially. It's the most annoying fucking character I've ever seen in my life. I got that from the trailer. I was like, oh, I, I'm out. I was struggling for a long time. And uh, let's see, as much time as I spent making fun of, like, oh, look, they got Michael Keaton back to save the lions. Boy, the energy completely shifts when he shows up, doesn't it? Oh, yes. <clears throat> it is a whole different movie. There's, like, an actor with gravitas who takes it the right level of serious, who, like, commands screen presence. Oh, a thing I also was not prepared for was uh, every time there are two Ezra Millers on screen, one of them has the most fucked up looking CGI de-aged face in the background. I didn't like that. They can't even parent trap correctly. <laughs> I don't like that. <clears throat> now, I will say, um, we start learning about, I forget, I forgot, like, oh yeah, there's going to be like a plot that makes all this happen. And as soon as they mention, like, oh, General Zod's coming, I'm like, fucking from Man of Steel? Like, no one, okay, sure, why not? So they set out to go find Superman, because they're still looking for Superman. This world doesn't have any other heroes. They just have Michael Keaton, because they try and explain time travel. Someone says, or multiverse, my eyes roll back. It's fine. Mm -hmm. uh, so about this point, uh, we all decide to go take a smoke break outside. So we go out for like 10, 15 minutes. We come in, we go to hit play. We realize there's still about an hour 20 left. Ugh. And we watch the Jersey Shore the rest of the night, so we'll get back to you next week <laughs> on the rest of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> And it had come to our attention that uh, one of the people in the group had just started watching Jersey Shore for the first time. Oh, well, so I mean, that's that one of vote. That's important. Uh, I'd love to tell you what part of the show they were at, but all I can tell you is uh, Ronnie and Sam were fighting again. So I can't really narrow it down more than that. <laughs> Shocker. But yeah, that, did you, did that, you get to the note is the question. Absolutely. No. Uh, we Whoa. asked, and she said, what note? And I was like, all right, turn it on. Like, it's still, <laughs> if it's still to come, it could be the next episode. We don't know. So yeah, um, the Flash. I will say it was growing on me. The first like ten, fifteen minutes, there was a there was a tension in the room of like, guys, how long is this fucking? Why did we pick this? The answer of why we picked it is that uh, we were gonna watch more Twilight movies, but they got taken off of Peacock, so we had to scramble oh, last minute. Rip. Yeah, um, that this was is why you get them on Blu-ray for all of us. That was hard for all of us, you know. We I learned my, my lesson. <laughs> will they sell me a Twilight Steelbook? <laughs> Someone will. You gotta get the one of the ones where like the picture changes when you tilt it at an angle, so it's like the regular looking baby and like the other regular looking baby. <laughs> I just wanted to turn all the characters into Jacob. <laughs> but yeah, uh, the Flash uh, started out really not having a good time. Um, a friend was especially not having a good time because that's his favorite DC character, and he's just like watching with contorted terror as two Ezra Millers are bickering, like, wow, why do you have to eat so much? Oh, I'm so fast now, and he's just like, fucking dying. Oh, man. Yeah, but I, it was, I will say, it was starting to grow on me. I was, if I had been alone, I would have just finished it, but if the room is already drinking and everyone says we should watch Jersey Shore, I mean, I mean who are you on. to say otherwise? I'm only human. Yeah. I'll finish it this weekend, and then I will come back with more takes. Well, I look at, takes. Well, look at this. So, uh, Parker does his Friends of Solid, puts on a good show. I abstain from the list for a mere week. And uh, Alex watches an educational documentary. This is a week of good decisions. <laughs> anyway, next now, week's episode. <laughs> <laughs> now, the last thing I'll talk about, I went a little out of order. And the reason we were all so quick to give up on The Flash, like, again, like, not the worst thing I've ever fucking seen. Like, it was getting better. I was enjoying myself. Everyone likes Michael Keaton. But we put this on after we got home from the theater from seeing The Nun 2. So uh, our our tolerance had been lowered quite a bit. 
Now, Chris, you had some confusion earlier. I've assembled uh, a little something for you here. Um, I want to give you a timeline of these movies. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, you see, um, obviously The Conjuring came out first, right? But then uh, they had Annabelle in that movie, and then Annabelle the movie came out. But Annabelle the movie takes place in the 60s. And then The Conjuring 2 came out, and that takes place um, in the late 70s, 77. But then that Conjuring 2 has the nun in it. But the first nun takes place in 1952, which is, you know, like a prequel to end all prequels. But then The Nun 2 um, is a sequel to The Nun, so it's also still in the 50s. So it's also still before The Conjuring 2. So the whole time you're watching this movie, you're like, hey, I bet they don't kill the thing because it still has to come back in the first movie we saw it in. So I hope that helped. Um, here's the thing about um, The Nun 2. The Nun 2 is essentially like a campfire story where like you're telling the story and you're telling a spooky story, right? And like as it gets scarier, like you get quieter and quieter. So they have to like lean in and concentrate and it's getting quieter and quieter. And then like it's almost barely a whisper and then everyone's like staring at you. And then you go, bah! and they're like, oh shit, you got me. Huh? We're all laughing. We're all having a good time. Oh, yeah, campfire stories aren't nearly two hours long. (laughs) This movie is an hour and 50 minutes. Now, Parker... Oh, boy. uh, Leaning into this is, uh, for those who didn't listen to last week's episode, and why would you? Uh, It's not up yet. Uh, (laughs) Because I didn't send you with audio. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) My, uh, My dad said that The Nun was excellent and The Nun 2 should be even better and uh, he was very disappointed to hear that uh, your little friend there didn't like it. And I didn't like The Nun 1 either. <laughs> <laughs> well then I, I told him like yeah so it looks like I won't be watching so that's a shame and then because you didn't remember it and because I had never seen it he decided to recount the entire plot for The Nun 1 to me in the Oh that would have really helped me out. Yeah. <laughs> The central crux of this movie is that the nun uh, possesses the, I guess you would call it love interest, but like the male lead from the first movie. And it just expects you to not only remember this guy, but like have feelings about him and hope he succeeds. That's asking a lot for the nun too. Like, Jesus Christ, man. Yeah, he, he just kept saying, she gets sent in there. Which, uh, I think he's reached, like, that old guy age where he likes saying certain things over and over again. Like, Mac Jones doesn't zip the ball in there! I'm like, alright. Man. Yeah. If that's an old guy thing, I got bad news for myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, a thing I've talked about before, I don't know if it was on mic or just me, like, rambling to people around me. <laughs> but it's true with all of the Conjuring movies. Is like, once you figure out who, like, your main core characters are, they will never die. It, it could be a three kids it could be the whole family once you find out who the core is in this movie they're never going to get hurt which means for nearly two hours it's uh oh one of our main characters is all by themselves wait a second oh yes is the core like the eye um ask me again later um we can't talk on microphone about this it's very secret uh religious stuff but so we go down a dark hallway, right? Just imagine a dark hallway or a stairwell or a room that was locked up, but they got in it somehow. Just imagine any of these scenarios, right? And then the music goes away, and it's really quiet. But also, you've seen one of these before, so you know, like, okay, we're going to pan to the left. Nothing's going to be there. We're going to cut back, and something's going to be there. And then the thing's there, and it goes, ah, I spooked you. And it's like, ah, oh, actually, I did, but now I'm, I'm just like birds or something, and I flew away. Or was I? And then we should go to the next scene. It's just an hour and a half of like, oh no, our lead character is dead to rights to the evil demon that's gonna, 
Oh, the demon didn't kill him. Right, I guess we'll go to the next scare. So once you realize who's pretty much invincible in these movies, like, who cares? Like, we saw this on the XD screen in the back row. We were under the speakers, and even I, after 20 minutes, I'm like, okay, there's a lot of noise is going to happen. Nothing else is going to happen. Like, how, do you, how can you get invested when you know these characters are untouchable? And then, spoilers, uh, faith and love and all that went out, and the demon is vanquished, but not really, because The Conjuring 2 takes place 20 years later. I do not like this movie. <laughs> I was... I drank a little too much. I was actively muttering under my breath for about the entire last 30 to 45 minutes. And I'm usually a super autistic theater. Don't say a word. Just sit there. I was so goddamn bored. And I will jump at anything. But I was bored out of my mind. Um, hey, remember how I said I love The Last Voyage of Demeter? Because it's like, hey, this is about Dracula eating people on a boat, and then Dracula eats people on a boat. Yeah. Well, what if instead, uh, the evil demon nun, who, uh, let me just reiterate, will just, like, show up in a flash and be like, ah, I'm here with you, but now I'm gone. Okay, next scene. Yeah. Uh, possesses the guy from the first movie you're supposed to remember. So, like, the last 30 minutes is them just, like, running from some possessed dude in suspenders. Hey, get fucked. That's not what I bought this ticket for. I was promised a scary demon, though, and then I'm just watching some guy go, ah, I get you. And they're like, oh my god, please don't. We're nuns, too. It's fucking... I really fucking hate it. <laughs> you know, it's interesting that you bring up the idea of sound is supposed to be scary. I, I kept thinking about that new Exorcist trailer, the one that's scaring all these normie god, audience dude, I members. So I cannot escape it. I want to go back to like the Exorcist, the 1973 one, and why it was so effective. There is a scene in which uh, it's the early stages of the possession. Reagan's in the hospital and she, her whole body is just going nuts. She's just going like this back and forth. And she's screaming, please make it stop, make it stop. There's no background music for this. And you don't need, like, an ominous cello to signal to you, you should be scared now. The fact that it's happening in real life with no music gives it verisimilitude. We think that this is a, a real possible thing here. And in, I don't think you see that in a lot of horror movies today. Like, even, here's a really good movie, The Invisible Man. I, and again, I really like The Invisible Man. But there's a little too much, like, background music that goes like, when, like, a scary thing is happening. I'm like... No, I know that this is an intense moment. I don't need like the I don't need like a power cord to let me know. And it sounds like that's what the nun too is just like here's your signal, be scared. It owns because there's like one scare, like one scare in the movie that isn't just like super like you you can tell the timing just by seeing a horror movie before. Mm -hmm. But that scare was ruined in like five TikTok ads that I scrolled past. So good job, marketing team, you did it. You gave up the one good jump scare. A plus and it's like just to stay on my pedantic nerd soapbox like yes I understand in horror movies like yes there's always a final girl there's always people that live but like they usually have to like run from the killer or escape a situation or fight back or something here's literally just like there was a scene where like there's an outline of the nun at the like at a dark corner you're like oh fuck it's there and then a door opens and birds fly away. And then it's just like a fucking stain on the wall. You're like, what is this? <laughs> that happens like three fucking times. Like one of them is literally like, she, you can see her behind this child, right? Ugh. You can literally just see her back there. Oh, there's a noise. Turn back. Oh, she's not there. So she turns back. There's nothing there again. But there's a statue with like a giant towel draped over that's clearly in the shape of a person. And the statue falls over without anyone pushing it. And the towel comes off. And it looks like the nun. And it goes, Bleh! And then the statue just falls. It's like, 
You can't just kill a child? Of course not, because, like, no one dies in these movies. There's, like, two deaths in the very beginning to be like, oh, this is a scary movie. Is this PG-13? I honestly couldn't tell you. It could be, <laughs> for all I know. Like, all these are rated R for some reason. I don't get it. There's never any blood or gore. There's no swears. There's no nudity. I don't understand. Like, six girls get chased around by, like, a literal fucking horned monster. None of them die. Even the school bullies don't die. Like, what are we... What is this? A school bully who spends the first half of the movie tormenting this character we're supposed to, like, can't get killed by a goat devil? Like, what a... Oh my fucking money back. I it sounds like this doesn't follow, like, the traditional execution of a horror movie, which, Parker, sometimes... Sometimes people like to break the mold of horror movies. It sounds like this one's trying new things. Preach Probably it's the ninth Conjuring movie. <laughs> <laughs> and, of, uh, just, of course, if you're wondering why they keep making these, um... I, a combined budget of two hundred million between all of the movies, with a combined two billion gross. Yeah. So they will keep coming forever. Yeah. Have fun at the next one. I I would not have seen this in theaters. I thought they were joking, like, "Hey, do you want to go this weekend?" Because we're all at the bar watching the Chiefs Lions game. I was like, "Oh yeah, fuck yeah, we should fucking do that." And they just <laughs> slid the phone to me. It was like, "Hey, pick your seats." I was like. Shit. Okay. <laughs> Get ready for the return sucks, of La Llorona. I'm not gonna not go I see a new movie opening weekend, but I don't have to be excited about it. Yeah. And then you see, watch half of the Flash, and then you're like, oh, maybe movies aren't good. And then you watch Pray for Death, you're like, yeah, movies are good. Nice. Okay. Let's get to a movie that I feel like I should have known about years ago. Pretty upset about it, to be honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> Well, to be fair, this is the most, like, straight to... You know what? I thought this was straight to VHS, but uh, apparently this made decent money in Canada or something. I don't oh, know. God, man. Uh, Why did they get all the good stuff? Yeah. I, there's no way that this was on, on screens, right? I mean, look at this thing. It stars... The, I would the, go see it on a screen tomorrow. What yeah. are you talking about? <laughs> well, I mean, it's just the picture quality. But anyway, Sho Kosugi. <laughs> oh, so you did not watch the unrated Blu-ray cut that I found online? Oh, no, I did not. Maybe I... a quality experience. I guess I, I watched... Uh, just like when I watched Ninja Scroll, I watched the, uh, the desensorized version. So, oh. uh, yeah, no sexual assault in my version. You guys missed out. Oh. Uh, uh, missed I, opportunity, because... Yeah. Uh, when they beat the shit out of that old man with a tire iron, he hits him like 40 times. He sure does. <laughs> oh, I did not get that version. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I I only found this movie on YouTube because, of course, I did. So did and I. I there, were two, there were two versions that were next to each other on my TV, and one was eight minutes longer. I'm like, that's the good one. I'm picking that one. And, <laughs> oh, uh, I picked right. Man, I don't know if you did because I picked the shorter one because mostly I didn't feel like much more. But also, the one I watched had, like, the VHS lines at the very beginning and, like, all the warnings oh, and everything. And I was like, it, it was just like watching Lost VHS, dude. It was... That does, like, set the tone, though. Yeah, it way. was a fantastic experience. So this stars Sho Kosugi. And I'm going to edit in some, like, applause here. Because uh, the movie really feels like we're supposed to know who he is. Especially because it also has his two sons in there. You mean star of Enter the Ninja or Avenger the Ninja and Ninja 3 colon the Domination? <laughs> <laughs> three yes, incredible movies yeah also would just like to point out for the record that his son's actual names are kane and shane <laughs> oh my God, so yes this is the best movie ever made i hope he had other kids named lane <laughs> and jane 
Okay. So I, I just want to say the tagline in case anyone doesn't know what Pray for Death is about. Uh, it's a ninja movie and the... I should tell you everything. But uh, the tagline here says, They shattered his American dream. Shokasugi redefines revenge. You're right, Parker. I want to see this in the theater tomorrow. <laughs> I am renting that. If I'm at Blockbuster, you cannot physically stop me from renting that. <laughs> yeah. I will have to be held back. You're like Dr. Octopus just like shoving people to the side. <laughs> <laughs> I have four metal arms hitting employees because I'm like, look, he's... Look at his ninja mask. Are you guys fucking kidding me? Yeah. It looks so cool. The whole so the whole intro here, which stars the black, I have to say it like this, ninja against uh, <laughs> hell yeah, you do. They constantly say ninja in this movie, like the "I want to be ninja" video, which Lady Alex had never seen before, and <laughs> you also know you do. and also Show her a lot of good things, and also left without seeing it because even I have standards. <laughs> I'm not even happy I know what that is. <laughs> anyway. Win. So, a thousand plus dog shit movies for morons. That's one thing, but yeah. I want to be Ninja. I don't uh, want her to cringe. Ma'am, I have depression. I'm yeah. not watching this. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so, the black Ninja defeats all the white Ninjas in the forest. <laughs> so, you know, they really blend in. I'm not sure how he's able to do that. Although I did go, yo, when he like ran up the tree and backflipped off of it and then slashed the guy. In the so, throat. uh, so Chris, I'm curious in your version of the movie, do you know why he was fighting all those ninjas in the forest? Because it's a TV show. He's a black ninja. Oh yeah. No, he was trying to stop a rape. Ninja. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, what do you, what should we cut out? I got a couple suggestions. Boss. Yeah. I'm glad they cut that out because there's two kids watching this. Well, it's a different culture. Who are we to say? Uh, where are their betters? Anyway. Yeah, so two <laughs> little kids are watching uh, this on a shitty little TV, which is the ideal way to watch it. But they're also, like, underneath some stairs, and one of them comes really close to bonking his head on the stairs. And I want to tell you which one it was. I don't know if it was Shane or Kane or Jane or Lane, but it's the one with the crossed eyes. And look, it's like, hey, that's not nice, making fun of a little kid's crossed eyes, but... It's so prominent. It's, I couldn't stop like snickering under my breath. Like he's got his eye on him and him and him. <laughs> he's actually music. yeah. <laughs> he's actually perfect for the ninja lineage because he can track two sides at once. He also has <laughs> the most dim-witted expression on his face. He does kind of look like Tobey Maguire in Spider-Man because he's just constantly befuddled. And uh, <laughs> there, there's a there's a line in the movie where uh, he's like. Dad, can I have a look? And I couldn't help. I just said immediately, "I don't know. Can you?" <laughs> Which is You're gonna uh, make some kids miserable. <laughs> well, you know what? That kid's like probably older than I am right now, and well, maybe he's good at ninja shit. Dad, can I, I watch something also, like, besides cartoons from when you were a kid? I don't know. Can you <laughs> go to sleep? So anyway, yeah, he and his way cooler older brother with normal eyes are well, relatively are. Uh, cut that. <laughs> uh, no, leave that. <laughs> absolutely not cutting that. <laughs> You gotta pick four teams if you cut that. <laughs> That's a good bit. You have to stick by your racist takes or pick extra. And you looked at this week's lineup. It's like lineup. putting a quarter in the racism jar. <laughs> so you're telling me I can be as racist as I want and I might not have to pay for it? I'm gonna be so racist. <laughs> All right. What do you mean they're running it back? Oh, jeez. I'd like to apologize to everyone, uh, the Chinese community. I'm leaving Parker's thing in without any like context. <laughs> Putting it All at the very actors. beginning. 
every gangster who only addresses the main character by different slurs, and it's a different one every time. <laughs> right. Pretty impressive, honestly. Yeah, I know. Uh, so anyway, th- this guy is uh, what's this guy's name? I- his name? Oh, his name is Acura. Uh, he's a salary man. He's he has he has like a suit and tie. He goes to the business factory to do job stuff, and then his wife's like, "Ah, come on, let's go back to." Where do they go? Do they go to Houston? Is that where this is? I think L.A. Oh, I no, I think it's Houston. Yeah. It, oh, really? That's awesome. Actually, it says uh, Wikipedia. It's Los Angeles. You know, what? I choose to accept Houston. It's funnier. Yeah. All right. Well, it either way, said in Houston. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, Wikipedia is wrong. I you know what? Death right. of the artist. Uh, we all choose Houston. That's yeah. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Uh, Houston, it is. Uh, she's like, oh, come on, I want to go there. I just feel like it. And he's like, I don't know. I heard it was kind of dangerous over in America. Uh, so this movie's woke. But uh, they get over what to... What has ever happened to an immigrant in America? <laughs> so they, they go to America, car. and it turns out it is dangerous. There are black people on the sidewalk with uh, boom boxes. And uh, that's their that's like their, their first sign. That things are I know, dangerous. Uh, I know this is an assignment that Parker's never going to get to, but that scene is exactly like a fucking scene in Comrade Detective where the Russians walk out of a hotel in America and there's just a guy running up and down the street yelling, my AIDS, my contagious AIDS. <laughs> I'm going to move that up the list right, real quick yeah, here. There you go. <laughs> uh, they pass the same... That, uh, I can put hope. that above the two French movies I have. <laughs> That's now, tough. Um, that is really tough. Yeah, it's, I have it's some suggestions tough. I can help you out here. Uh, but they all have pedophilia. Anyway, so so uh, here's the thing. Let me. I'm just gonna cut you off and barrel ahead. through here because I want to explain what makes a hell yeah dude movie. Um, there are many ways to give background. You could do exposition, or you can have our main character just like standing still and having a flashback of him fighting his brother to the death to protect the secrets of an ancient temple. And this movie chooses the latter. Yeah. Um, we don't need a bunch of movie stars or $200 million special effects. Um, we need this guy who spent his whole life training martial arts, putting on a cool mask, and then fighting his dad. Because his dad's like, hey, you gotta quit worrying about the past. So they just have a sword fight. <laughs> Yo, his and dad. And that's why this movie's so good. <laughs> Can we talk about his dad's hair? He looks like Asian yeah. Mick Foley. That's <laughs> all I want to talk about <laughs> I, he looks like he's straight from some 60s movie. <laughs> he shows up with a staff. You guys are going to have to help me out here, because I'm trying to put the timeline of this movie back together in my brain. But uh, is this before or after the Red Ninja is trying to steal his jewels and trinkets? Mm-hmm. See, the Red Ninja is his brother, and then he yeah. finds out because he accidentally kills his brother while trying to uh, defend all the family jewels and trinkets. <laughs> And that's when his dad shows up because that was a flashback. He's like, "Hey, you can't. You have to let go of the past." So they fight, and then he's like, "All right, but for real, like, quit worrying about this. Have fun in America. Take this shredder helmet with you." <laughs> I, I, I really appreciate that he defeats the Red Ninja, who has a sword with only backflips, which, uh, you know, the sign of a real ninja. Mm-hmm. That's the when he hands him that helmet, I'm staring at it. I'm like, man, I know in my heart of hearts that there's no way this helmet is not coming back. And when he puts it on. This movie is going to go into overdrive. It, it really is the the final iteration of a movie that uses both ninja and samurai. <laughs> it's so good. This movie uses flashbacks in a way I love because uh, in the scene we just mentioned where they're walking down the street and they happen to see two or more black people and it's like an <laughs> earth shattering event. Uh, one of the guys bumps into him. The guy goes, "Hey, watch you watch where you're going, man." 
And then it uh, cuts to Shokasugi just staring dead at him. And then there's a quick flashback to him doing ninja training. And then he snaps out of it. I like that's a way to, to show that he's thinking like, I'm going to fucking kill him, I'm going to fucking kill him, I'm going to fucking kill him. Sorry, sir. And then he just walks off. Alright, so then they get to uh, their house, so to speak, which is above the restaurant that they are going to open. Uh, he's going sure. from, like, making money with computers to, like, yeah, do you want extra sushi with that? So, the house that they have... put on, is... Tie on the headband and flip the fish <laughs> on that giant grill. They I love this. I, I want fair, the onion how hard, boat. How hard can it be to sell food to Americans? <laughs> Very I mean, fair. I'd be your best customer right now. I am starving. See, that's the thing. Is like we can't even say, "Oh, that's like a racist thing." Immigrants come here just to open restaurants. I was like, no, they do that all the time. It's good. Yeah, business. why wouldn't yeah. they? Yeah, exactly. Fat pieces of shit with too much money. Very, very. If true. you gave me the option, like, hey, do you want to go to a sports bar operated by some retired athlete, or this Japanese immigrant just opened a sushi restaurant? That's an easy pick every time. Exactly. So anyway, yeah, the athlete one. I, the whole I just want to talk about the set that they're in which by the way it also at one point he like goes ha to a door with a padlock on it destroys it but at first we were just like oh hey that's pretty neat turns out there's like three of those scenes in this movie padlocks just don't work in this universe uh the whole set looks like an are you afraid of the dark set but with no ghosts and the more we kept watching it the more we kept saying this is going to turn into a ghost movie that like the, the scene where like the bad guy comes in and steals the heroin and like I guess steals the necklace that they never actually show. Uh, we're like, dude, there's going to be a ghost that's going to come in. This is going to be a very different movie. And that's why Parker chose this. Ghost free. Hey, this was new to all three of us. And you know what? Sometimes you roll the dice and it works out. Right. Sometimes it doesn't. But this is not one of those times. Let's not Correct. focus on that. Yeah, so anyway, uh, what was it? I guess, uh, what happened there? How did, how did the, the I guess the, uh, the old caretaker of that abandoned building... Uh, there. I guess uh, they, well, rifle gang finds out that the heroin is stolen, and also the necklace, which looks like a bicycle chain. They're like, ah, oh, must have been that old fat white guy with the glasses. Yeah. Look, uh, we could look at the Wikipedia and assemble uh, this plot. I'm looking at it right Here's now. What I don't you know. Need to know. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make sense. Uh, there's a necklace yeah. underneath somewhere. There's mafia guys and there's dirty cops. Um, all three of these intertwine some way, and then that leads to a child getting kidnapped. That's yeah. all you need to know. It doesn't matter who's on which side. Well, some names. You don't care. Sometimes names also, are helpful. can't tell. Like, for example, <laughs> yeah, one they... of the police officers who's corrupt, his name is Sergeant Trumbull, which I thought was the name of the pig from That's... The Busy World of Richard Scary. <laughs> no, dude, it's the bear from Barry Bible Fellowship. <laughs> <laughs> and... I'm going to say something you all expected me to say, but it's about the other characters. Is it Limehouse Willie? They all Willie? look alike. <laughs> when I say they all look alike, I refer to all of the white people in this movie. Right. Also, which is cannot tell growth for me. Now, here's the thing. Much like Tenet, this was desperately in need of subtitles, but for all the white guys. <laughs> God. It's just like that fucking movie last yeah. it's like, I understand every Asian character flawlessly. Every white guy, it's like... Hey, this guy. I'm like, I, don't what, I don't know what that is, man. Can you swallow before the next take? It was no? like okay. Bob Hoskins, a foot taller and somehow more British, despite being in Los Angeles, Houston. <laughs> so and the mobsters um, are the most racist characters I've seen in a movie that wasn't oh, specifically yeah. about racism. In <laughs> Every single time they refer to our heroes, it is a different slur, and it's sometimes I'm like. Ooh, I haven't heard that one in a minute. Let me yeah. jot that down. Yeah, this is significantly more racist than Green Book. 
So there are throwbacks in this movie. Yeah. So anyway, they beat the fuck out of the uh, out of uh, what do they call him? Storehouse Willie, I guess. No, Sam Green. Sure, why not? Store. Uh, I don't <laughs> Sam Green is the guy's name. He sells meat next to Arnold's apartment, and uh, apparently, in your version, they beat him harder than <laughs> they do in mine. <laughs> oh yeah, they. Uh... Those they wail on him with a crowbar. See, they beat the they, they fucking didn't, shit out of him. They cut away from that in my version, but they did not cut away from that explosion. Which oh goodness, <laughs> no one will ever know. <laughs> We've eliminated all the evidence. Anytime, like the car or whatever, just immediately is completely engulfed in flames in a way that seems unnatural, even by movie standards. Like, you know I'm in. Oh, of and course. And it happens yeah. again later, but we'll get there. Yeah. Because first, the littlest one has to get abducted. Yeah, well, now, the um, reason the LA way he gets gang abducted. of, like, 12 street toughs <laughs> steal the kid's bike. The other brother comes out, beats the shit out of all of them. And while he's doing that, just some dude in a suit's like, I'll be having that. And just kicks <laughs> the and throws him in the car. Just grabs him by the scruff of the neck and get in there. And uh, <laughs> drives away. And Akira's just like, oh no, what happened to my son? The one I didn't even like. And his wife's like, come on, come on, we need him back. Call the police. He's like, no, I have my own way of dealing with this. And I am so fucking in for this. It's like, man, this is called pray for death, not called the non-emergency number. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have a description? No. I guess we'll send someone out there. Yeah. Well, by the way, it was funny because he goes to like the corrupt to the corrupt police officers. He says, "I'm thinking about doing this myself." And you're like, probably shouldn't do that. Then he notices that one of them is left-handed, and, he, and it does like a quick zoom in on his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Did it ever occur to you? All right, so... Uh, hey, uh, officer, uh, my son's missing. What does he look like? Asian. I passed, like, four of them. Is it one of them? No. I <laughs> uh, will keep looking. All right, so he, he basically tracks the kid down to, uh, you know, one of those underground storehouses, which is where the best fight scenes take place, and he gets, like, crucified with chains, and uh, the guy's like, uh, Roy, I'm gonna kill you, then. And the, the Japanese guy's like, what? And the guy's like... Oh, right. Okay. So, and in that intervening time, he's able to escape and also free his son. <laughs> I, I like the scene know. where they're just like cutting his stomach with a knife and he's just staring dead eyed at them, like, I'm gonna fucking kill you. I'm gonna fucking kill you. I'm gonna fucking kill you. Huge mistake to fuck with Shokasugi. Absolutely. The way he just kicks the light out and then yeah. within two seconds he is freed and also has murdered four of them. <laughs> <laughs> so he gets his kid, they get out of there, like, all right, well. That was pretty crazy. And then five minutes later, that same kid gets hit by a fucking car. <laughs> oh, dude, that fucking... <laughs> and, uh, it's... wait, doesn't his uh, wife also die in this? Oh, she dies later. She just gets hit by a car for now. Oh, yeah, she's in the uh, she's in the hospital. And so is the kid in the hospital. And they spend all their time visiting mom, and they barely visit the other <laughs> Now, what submitted this movie for me uh, was the scene following, where he catches up to the pickup truck that hit his family jumps in the bed of the truck just delivers a nice whip kick to kick that glass right in pulls out the guy in the passenger seat starts beating the shit out of him the driver pulls out a gun so he uses the passenger as a human meat shield and then does a front flip off the truck which immediately crashes and immediately explodes <laughs> Hell yeah! this like dude. 30 second sequence should be canonized <laughs> that <sequence>. is <laughs> principle 33 of ninjutsu 
<laughs> uh, Parker, just so I make sure that we're not skipping my favorite scene in this movie. Are, uh, is this before or after the scene where he gets hit by the car, but not really, because he goes underneath the car and grabs on the bottom? Because <laughs> <laughs> that is A++ filmmaking. You know, we say this all the time, but uh, they don't make them like they used to. <laughs> they really don't. He literally, like... Folds backward like Gumby, and then the next scene is him gripping the bottom of the car. It's so cool. Uh, that didn't look good. Can we get another take? No. All right, we're going to roll with that one. If he does it again, he might die, and we don't have a movie. Oh, my God. So uh, we go to the hospital, and uh, we meet our main villain in the movie, just an old British guy pretending to be American, I assume. Yeah. Uh, he murders the fuck out of his wife. Yeah, that was a... Uh, not before more sexual assault. Well, again, yeah, not present in my home. version. Guys, if, if anyone's listening to this, they want to watch this movie, and you should because it's good. Don't watch Alex's version. Yeah. Don't watch... Uh... Yeah, don't watch the one that's an hour 38 on YouTube. Watch oh, no, no. Yeah, exactly. That's... Ugh. Although there, there are there are boobies in our version, so uh, yeah. I'll tell you the other way. Well, but uh, not in the way you would hope. <laughs> but not the good not kind of good like. circumstances. <laughs> They're oh. not celebratory boobies. Oh, put it that way. man. They're the bad boobies. All right. Uh, so so at this point, um, he kills the wife. He's thwarted from killing the son. And our, our hero salaryman, he has had enough. And when I tell you the look on my face, when it cut to him doing... A ninja ritual in an abandoned warehouse <laughs> surrounded by candles. I swear. Chanting a bunch of shit and holding <laughs> beads. Oh my god. Dude, I swear this is all like a thing that's been featured on like uh, Forgotten VHS like 30 times. Legs crossed and levitating off my chair as I watch him forge his own <laughs> weapon. Knowing there's not going to be a lesson of like, you know, violence only begets more violence. It is the code of the ninja. No, he's going to kill all of these people and I could not be happier he forges his own weapon dons the helmet which again just kind of looks like the shredder helmet it is the coolest thing I've ever seen and the ninja siege begins dons the dragon helmet alright so not to be hyperbolic but this is the coolest shit I've ever seen <laughs> I, I, just to put it in perspective for all the normies like you know the scene at the end of Sicario with Benicio Del Toro sneaks into that compound and murders like 40 guys it's like that with a ninja yeah what if he had a sword and throwing stars instead oh yeah what if he did it in broad daylight and just walked in and was like hey guys what's up and just started throwing stars at people the, there is a scene the in which he, he actually throws in says, that guy's neck is so fucking cool there is a scene in which he whispers to the guy and I was like, oh, he better start. <laughs> there was a scene in which he's, aren't they in like, uh, one of those Canadian, like, log, uh, logging uh, factories? He pins the guy by his wrist to the thing while the buzzsaw is turned on. Oh my god, it's so <laughs> Like, the cat and mouse game inside the abandoned mannequin room in the warehouse? Are oh. you fucking kidding me? Yeah. It's just like the fucking... <laughs> hard target where they fight in the abandoned parade factory <laughs> it's like five minutes of them just like tiptoeing around trying to get the sneak on one another in a room full of mannequins and then they fight in like you said a giant logging room where the bad guy tries to kill him with a chainsaw in a ninja movie and then he uses bladed nunchucks 
to stab him through the hands, pin him onto the table, and buzzsaw him to death. You know what, Parker? This is the greatest movie I've ever seen. In my I life. agree. This is better than the movie it influenced, Mandy. <laughs> Correct. Because I wasn't bored for half of it. Yeah, I was gonna say three for three on that one. Yeah. I'm with you guys on this. Oh my god, there's the reasons you think. There's a Blu-ray for Pray for Death, which features a collector's booklet and reversible sleeve. Oh my god. Yeah, he's buying that right now. Uh, <laughs> which version's on the Blu-ray, buddy? Well, let's see. The collector's booklet features an extract from Shokasugi's book, Yin Yang Code, The Drums of Tenkai Bo. Doesn't he's not matter to call yeah. it that. I don't care. Let me whisper in your ear. I have to leave it in, otherwise I pick four teams. So anyway. That's correct. Uh, yeah. I cannot tell you how happy I am that this movie's not in with him showing him mercy. I I just want I, to say, uh, I've been looking through... I've watched people die a lot of ways. Uh, being pinned down and going headfirst into a buzzsaw <laughs> seems like one of the worst ways you could go. So did you watch and this movie? The movie just ends after that. Did you watch this before or after The Nun 2? After. Yeah, this must have the, really this, picked you up. <laughs> this is the last thing I watched this week. Yeah, this, and let me tell you, I've been I'm on cloud nine ever since. You know, I'm going interested. From the Nun 2 to half of The Flash to this. Let me tell you. So I was looking up other I was looking up other movies he starred in, and obviously, like he was probably in his forties when this came out. Which I looked it up; it was nineteen eighty five. So yeah, I guess the kids are older than I am. Uh, but he started a movie as recent as two thousand nine, a little movie called Ninja Assassin, which featured. And you're like, oh, who's guy? Who's in that? Uh, Man, I, I'm, I know, buddy. Two of us know. Oh, you've seen oh, it? Yeah. I haven't seen this one. Oh, I I buddy. just looked it up. And, you should watch Ninja uh, Assassin. Who do you think you're talking to? Well, the good news is I, I saw a screenplay by J. Michael Straczynski. I was like, what the fuck? I should watch this. Thing. I I might watch Ninja Assassin to get. This yeah, well, I'm, been, I was going to say a long time. I forgot you guys had seen this. Otherwise, I would have said this should be uh, next week's episode. But I guess Spider Man Three has filled. It up. should be the week after next All right, week. All right, because there's still no movies coming yeah, out. Yeah. Man, Ninja Assassin fucking rules. Have I seen I this? Watch that. Oh, let me do. Ben, I should watch the Scott Atkins one. <laughs> Ninja, Ninja and also Ninja, Ninja Two. Awesome. Ninjas are back, baby. We love to do it. They never um, left. Yeah. I love how every we get close to October, it's like, oh, what should we do? It's like, ah, oh, you want to watch more karate movies? It's such a good bit. I'm happy we stick to it every year. <laughs> yeah. All right. Oh, you gonna go see The Exorcist? Oh, it's called Ninja Assassin. It came out in 2009. It's pretty fucking cool, actually. Yeah. All right, guys. God, The Exorcist looks like dog shit. I can't wait yeah. to get stuck to seeing it opening week. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> Okay. I've already been outvoted three to one on that one, so I'll let you guys know how it is. What was what was your vote for instead? Anything else? <laughs> Staying home, <laughs> reading a book. Well, yeah, I wouldn't go that far. Yeah. All right, uh, I guess it's time for. Next, you could tell me to drink a fucking Bud Light. <laughs> all right, all right, kill him. All right, uh, <laughs> game of games. Let's go. <laughs> Three thirty in the fucking. <laughs> oh my All right. god! I almost hit stop record. I yeah. forgot. All right. So uh, before we get into the actual team selection, a bit of housekeeping. Uh, as promised last week, there are going to be some shows that we are going to be watching one episode at a time, depending on who wins the week and who decides which show will be watched. Uh, now, because we're only picking three teams a week, there's going to be a lot of ties. Uh, you guys know how ties work, right? 
I hate those words more than I hate. <laughs> All right. No, no, no. It's fine. It's not a big deal. Uh, if there's ever a tie for first place for a week, we're going to spin the wheel. Um, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to spin the wheel. Whoever it lands on is the person that gets to do the assigning for that week. However, everybody else involved in the tie will get to ban out one of the shows for the week so they don't have to worry about anybody being assigned it. So, like, you know, you know, let's say Chris wins and Parker's just like, I'm really afraid that Chris is going to make me watch show x uh you can just be like no nobody's watching that this week uh because i have seven shows here which i will now introduce to you guys okay all right okay first one's simple enough i'm pretty sure nobody watched the purge tv show and we need a boring normal option in here so uh uh it's two seasons 20 episodes so perfect fit for us uh the second one watch the chris maybe watch the first episode i think i don't think i did that (laughs) One of you made me. Sounds like some of you did. I don't think I did that either. It wasn't very memorable because it was just setting up a bunch of characters that I was never going to see again, or so I thought. I think your girlfriend made <laughs> well, you watch it. Uh, the second one, Parker, you can go ahead and cross this off your assignment list because I'm tired of waiting for you to watch it. Uh, Gold Rush Season 4, also known as the episode where the Arctic gold miners go to South America. <laughs> or, I mean, not episode. <laughs> the season. season but you know what I mean. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's 18 episodes right there. Would oh, love to see some drop-in, drop-out coverage of this one. Oh, uh, that's actually a much better bit, yeah. I know yeah. what I'm picking for myself. <laughs> uh, the third thing I have on the list is a little show from WWE Entertainment called Miz and Mrs. You guessed it. It is a show that follows the Miz and his wife and their everyday escapades. Okay. How do you spell that? Uh, I think I'm going to be sick for the next 18 weeks. <laughs> Do you actually need me to spell that? I'll look it up later. <laughs> All right. The fourth show on our list. Victoria is a British historical television drama series created in principle. Blah, 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 blah. The series follows Victoria's early life, including her relationship with her husband and her political responsibilities of the 1830s to 1850s. <laughs> Man, when I tell you I know exactly what show I'm getting assigned every fucking week, <laughs> I can never lose. <laughs> oh, no. Sorry. I, that, was, that was a joke. That was a joke. I, I figured. That's yeah. why I didn't acknowledge it. <laughs> the fifth show on our list of seven shows is a show from 2000 called The Immortal. The Immortal is a Canadian horror-based martial arts television series. Why woke up? <laughs> Someone, I almost had a lot of explaining to do. Look, I could not find a ton of shows about magic that seemed to fit the thing. However, this has martial <laughs> arts and show. demons, so we're gonna go with uh, this being on there. I might be watching that on my own. The show, which only lasted a year, boasted some good martial arts sequences and some really bad demons. That's the best combination. It really is. The sixth show on our list. Um, (laughs) Now, Parker, I know you are of the same heart with me on this one, in that because we were losers at the exact age that we were, we missed out on a lot of the golden age, like, mid to late 2000s MTV VH1 content that was out there. So, uh, are you familiar with a program that aired on VH1 in 2006 called The Celebrity Paranormal Project? 
I vaguely, but also there's like 20 of these shows. Yeah. But you know what? I'm very excited about that. That is correct. And uh, some of the pairings on these are incredible. Hey, you ever wonder what ha- what would happen if you locked Gilbert Gottfried and Jeremiah Trotter in a haunted house? This is going to be the best season of our lives. You guys. How about a Vander Holyfield and Wee Man? I want this oh. one. Assign this one to me. All right. So the thing is, there's only eight episodes of this show. However, obviously too good to not use. So when we run out of episodes for that, we're just going to switch right on over to Celebrity Ghost Stories, which was rebooted in 2020. And the first two episodes are Ice-T and Terry Bradshaw. I want to watch them all, but I don't want to eliminate them from my pool. <laughs> I need to have these as options. And the seventh and, and final show. <laughs> <laughs> now, as you'll notice, everything that I listed before this was, you know, 40 minutes to an hour for an episode. This one is considerably shorter. This is the only half-hour show on the list. However, in doing all of my digging to try and find it, the only places that I could find it required you to pay $1.99 an episode. So I feel that's going to kind of counterbalance it. You may think that's prohibitive. However, let me tell you about this. Bully Beatdown is an American reality television series created by Mark Burnett, which aired on MTV. In each episode, show host Jason Mayhem Miller challenged bullies to fight against a professional MMA guy for a chance to win 10 grand. The money they would receive depended on their performance against their opponent, with any money they didn't win going to the bully's victims. I'm going to tell you right now, don't bother assigning me that one. Because, uh, buddy, <laughs> been there. Also, he was on uh, the show. Go, go ahead and just click on Jason Mayhem Miller just to see how many times that man's been arrested. It is well alar- alarming. <laughs> yeah, that show is incredible, but not in the good way like you want. But also, perfect. It's so good. Oh, it's Wikipedia. If I always decided so to be, I will, I will absolutely watch it again. That show is fun. Because the different rounds, is like one round is just standing and one round is just grappling. So even if the guy like kind of knows what he's doing, he just gets wrestled fucked for like five straight minutes and choked out every single time. Yeah, I'll do it. God, I want to watch that. Oh game. my God, the legal issues section of this Wikipedia is so fucking it's, long. <laughs> yeah, it just happened again like last month. Yeah, he was arrested for allegedly choking a fan. That He's just never going to stop. He literally needs to never be out of prison. He cannot be by himself. But also, he should give these bullies a piece of his mind. <laughs> I'm so excited that's an option, dude. I'm so excited. This is this is incredible work, I gotta say. Uh, there's just one sticking out of me. I'd prefer not to watch for <laughs> I have a feeling one of us is going to get assigned Victoria, and it's neither of you. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, let's see who's going to be doing the spinning. I'm going to, or doing the assigning, I should say. I'm going to go ahead and uh, share my screen with the wheel so we can all watch this live. Oh, God. Yeah, you got to click on watch stream there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the wheel of tiebreaking. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. It's so stupid. It's fair. It's in it's in three different parts. Yeah. Yeah, you're right, you're right. That's how these wheels work, right? Yeah. 
I mean, I don't know. I uh, <laughs> I think that the kid from the movie we just watched would think all of these three spaces were of equal size. <laughs> <laughs> Right, this guy's been watching too many video. ninja movies. I was like, shut up, kid. There's not such <laughs> Ninja. You ready? Yes. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Uh, let me do oh, a no, We gotta make sure Parker's ready. Yeah. Hey, Parker, you ready? I'm ready. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. In three, two, one, go. All right, Parker, you're doing the assigning. <laughs> Jinkies. You what beat to the watch. rigged wheel. Uh, before Hell yeah, that, dude. Before that, though, me and Chris can and can each remove one show from the pool this week. Uh, all right, I'm removing Victoria. <laughs> That's a strong choice. S- smart call. I'm going to go ahead and remove... Uh, I'm going to remove The Purge, because I wouldn't want anybody learning anything about those characters. Correct. Just ask Parker about them. (laughs) So do I sign? Who's getting them? I'm sorry. You give it to either one. You get to pick one for each of us, including yourself. Oh, okay. Including one for himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you win, I mean, like everybody's got to watch. Okay, all right. Until you escape the pyramid, you got to watch. Oh, okay. All right. I feel like you might have explained that. I yeah, I definitely did, but it's okay. That's... These hours are uh, killing me deeply. Yeah. Well, in that case, uh, Chris, you'll get Bully Beat Down. It's been a dollar. Now. Alex, you will get Celebrity Paranormal Project. Hell yeah. <laughs> and I will hopefully find the Immortal. It's on Tubi. Oh, fuck yes, dude. <laughs> I checked. Don't worry. Okay. I would not. I would not do that to you guys. Uh, all right, now let's get into picking our three teams for the week. Uh, oh, yeah. uh, just want to give everybody a reminder of how everything went last week. All of us went two and one because all three of us had the Vikings. So uh, good on us. Thanks uh, for fucking nothing. Chris got the Lions and the Eagles across the finish line, so those teams are out for him. Parker had the Cowboys and the Commanders win, and I had the Falcons and the Commanders win. So, uh, dude, that uh, was sweating that game. <laughs> yeah, I feel like there's gonna be a lot of that this year because we've got a lot of shitty teams to get through. Yeah, God. All right, well, since Parker did the assigning, I'll let him have first pick of these games. Oh, my Go birds, ahead. please, please give me the Eagles. The Eagles, call, like call, dog shit. Uh, Chris, you got one ready? Uh, yeah, let's let's keep the bird teams flying here with uh, Baltimore. The Ravens for Chris. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and do something very stupid and take my Houston Texans. <laughs> I got to get it a, eventually, right? It's a strong move. I appreciate it. You know what? That's not a bad move at all. Uh, uh, we'll see if it works out for me. Let's see. I will take my Lions, my Super Bowl champions. <laughs> the only undefeated team for three days. That's true. Oh, I am staring at Las Vegas right now. I kind of want them. <laughs> Just do it. No, no, no. I'm going to take San Francisco. Yeah, take the 49ers, a team that owns the brain genius historically. Oh, God. This is... Fuck me, man. I know. <laughs> I hate these games. 
You know what? I'm taking the New York football giants. I don't want to deal with this team when I have to play against a real opponent. There's no way they go down to 0-2 against the fucking Cardinals, right? There's no way. Well, you know what? I sure hope so, because I'm going to cast my die with my Cardinals. That's a good sign for the underdog. Yeah. <laughs> She's not excited about it. Yeah. What if those are spirits? Man? All right. Uh, well, Alex will have to tell us. <laughs> <laughs> in that case, I'm taking uh, Greaker Mayfield. I'm taking the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa Bay Buccaneers for Chris. I can't think of a better spot than hosting this shitty fucking Bears <laughs> yeah. team. You would think that Chris. I would follow your lead here. However, I am instead going to take Russell Wilson and the Broncos. Oof. Ugh, that is like I'm looking at Arizona. It's like Pittsburgh and Chicago. This is the only yeah, time no. I ever feel comfortable taking them. <laughs> so we're just gonna see what happens. You know what? That's fair. Uh, and you know what? That's the end of the season. By then, they might be on their fourth quarterback. Who the fuck knows? That's you might get Kyler back later. I mean, you won't. But that's, you know, yeah. so, the rest of us. <laughs> that's will. even that's even worse <laughs> than Josh Dobbs. I'd rather resign John Skelton. <laughs> <laughs> That was a good one. Beanie Wells. <laughs> All right. So to recap, Chris has the Ravens, the Niners, and the Bucks. Parker has the Cardinals, the Lions, and the Eagles. Hell and yeah, I dude. have the Broncos, the Texans, and the Giants. Why did I do this to myself? No, it's good. You get the bad teams out of the way so you can choose good teams later. Except there won't be good teams later. <laughs> but if they lose, you don't get them out of the way, Chris. That's the problem. They'll never see. be out of the way. If I go two and one this week, I'm shit happy. If if the Cardinals lose, I'm in a hole until week fourteen. I'm never picking <laughs> them again. I'm not picking them unless they face a team whose starter just like shredded their ACL. I will be goddamn. Uh, let's 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 see when the Vikings play against the Bears again. <laughs> that might be the only time. Man, honestly, that's that's a good call. Oh, they get the NFC South. Oh, hold on. That's a Panthers game I can fucking Yeah, see, that's a thing. Oh, yeah, obviously the Vikings won, right? And then, right, yeah. <laughs> halfway into the afternoon game, it's like, wait a second. That, that's what was getting me. It's like uh, Dan was posting the entire time, just like, oh, God, the Vikings, we lost to the, the Buccaneers. I'm like, oh, that sucks. It's a good thing I didn't take them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, about that. Well, at least yeah. we are all equally disadvantaged. Yeah. I would do it again, too. That was a good pick. It back. Fuck Baker Mayfield. Man, these Vikings. Oh, played the Bears in week six. All right, we'll pencil that one. Why did they play the Bears twice? <laughs> that's a Cats good. Are known that's to be very deceptive. <laughs> oh my god, I gotta pick the Bears at some point. Oh, yeah. I, it's all yeah, funny games. Yeah, the script on that one. Home for the Broncos. Home for the Raiders. That's a Okay. Like as much as I hate oh. annoying, like wow, look at all these throws. Uh, the Bears, those videos are horrifying. <laughs> Jesus big, Christ! Big news for all of us Week 16 heads when the Cardinals play the Bears. <laughs> Everyone's oh. gonna need that game, oh and we're god, probably gonna, gonna be, be on opposite sides. <laughs> oh my god, that's gonna be. So- <laughs> okay, I'm not. T- I'm not touching the Bears until that game. <laughs> that's gonna be. So- oh, what if I need both? <laughs> Uh, maybe you just won't escape the pyramid, dude. I don't know. Being at Bears zero and Cardinals negative one when that matchup hits is gonna be so fucking cool. 
I'm gonna be so invested in this fucking Giants Cardinals game. <laughs> Same, dude. I'm so mad. I have to watch it now. <laughs> what am I supposed to nap? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no! ah! And that's the tea, sis.